0: Welcome from the Lakes International Comic Art Festival podcast. My name's Ian. And I'm Nikki, And our podcast is all about, surprise, surprise, comics. We interview big and
1: upcoming names from the comic world.
0: We also review the latest in comics, graphic novels and comic-based films.
1: We also chat about what we've seen, what we've enjoyed and what we're playing in our pop culture section.
0: Uh, so listen to us, you'd be mad not to, at comicartpodcast.uk.
1: Or on all your
0: usual podcast players. And find us on Twitter at Comic Art Fest Pod.
1: Welcome to that Comic Smell Podcast. With your host,
2: David Robertson. Fernando Pons, Mike Sadakat, and Tom Stewart.
1: Yeah, for a change, quality. quality jolly, aye.
0: Guess what I've got. What oh, you got? A scone with cream and jam. Ooh. Okay. Nice. <laughs> I,
3: well, I just had mm. a crepe with Nutella and mm. vanilla ice cream. So that was... almost oh, nice. Delicious.
1: Well, I just had a big, massive bag of vegan gummy sweeties. I'm oh, talking... I'm talking... A one kilogram bag of vegan oh, come on, gummy Tom. sweeties. Yep. Wow. Not all of it. I didn't eat all of it. But most of, yeah. of it. But about three quarters. <laughs> Actually, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'll go and show you. I'll show you. Hold on. Oh my yeah, wow. wow. oh, god. Sweeties. Beautiful. Fluorescent green. Bouncing off the walls. Oh well. I've not I've not I'm not hearing anything from them a minute, I'll go give him a call on the old uh, WhatsApp and see how he's getting on. Uh, Dave.
3: Yeah. I was, I was reading the email yesterday about Future Imperfect and when you said about Peter David getting away with it regarding... Aha, uh-huh. what more. And then I sent, I replied to you and yeah. then I was thinking, I'm not sure if Dave is meaning it in this way. I wasn't sure if you were actually kind of saying, "Yeah, go away with it, copying Tim Starling." I thought about the after because I was reading again the because I, I replied see. to you, "Yeah, and Peter Lee was really good, blah 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 blah," and then I was reading again. I thought, "Hmm, maybe that's not what Dave means."
0: Yeah, I, I did kind of mean he was ripping it off a bit. Yeah, that's what I, I thought about the after. Yeah. I think because even though it was it was the early mid nineties when mm-hmm. th- that was coming out, but Warlock was still very fresh in my mind as being a great comic, even though it had been in the seventies when I was a kid. yeah, I thought has everyone forgotten warlock obviously they have
3: i I never read Warlock before chapter, uh, okay when it came out in Spain and they printed it out in Spain, I was access to it. I only read some of it and through the news agents, the, the ones I could get my hands on. And um, yeah, and it was after. So that, was, that wasn't that a reference for me. My reference was the Day of the Future Past kind of thing, you know, which again is a reference too, you know, because it's, it's kind of a mix of both. Time yeah. traveling, and uh, etc. There too. he is!
0: Yes!
2: <laughs> ah, but the, the crucial question is, can David
1: see me? Yes, you can. I can. Go on, Nando. for you to say. It. What's
2: the topic for today? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the young ones. It's Neil saying heavy man, heavy,
0: <laughs> heavy comics. Heavy
1: duty, Heavy. Heavy comics. Aye, so, right, okay. so did everybody have fun weighing their comics and seeing how, what their heaviest one was?
3: Yes, they're all well, hard
1: uh,
3: I got my heaviest here beside me. Um, <laughs> and he weights <laughs> three
1: pounds and a half. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got some heavy, heavy, heavy books. I'll tell you that. Mm. Do you, know, do you know that the heaviest book
2: in the world is meant to be um, a, a version of the Quran? And it's made... I think it's supposed to be a few tons in weight. I need to double-check this. I, it's not quite made of your regular stuff. At least the cover isn't. I don't know where people can see it or how authentic this claim is, but apparently it's so heavy, humans cannot lift it. Was that a limited edition? <laughs> I need to check that out. I presume there's only one edition of this one. I think it's an artist (laughs) edition. Or architect's edition, this one.
1: (laughs) Oh, we're we're right on the ball tonight.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think I've eaten more than enough chocolate today. I got one of these Kinder Egg, uh, like the wee finger things. I've had about four or five of them, so that the sugar must be going to my brain. Jeez. Maybe it's helping me. I see. The only sad thing is you don't get a toy with this one. You do get a sticker, though. I got a sticker of a giant tortoise. <laughs> oh, heavy comics. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had fun trying to get heavy comics?
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, a blast a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, minute.
0: The heavy comics topic is that they're heavy. Well, that's the thing, it's heavy. And then... That's heavy. Ready, <coughs> Everybody, ready for some heavy comics?
2: I I assume that we are talking about serious
0: rather that's, than weight. I thought well, it was that's... serious and so heavy that it was depressing. Uh, ah, yeah, sometimes, yeah. yeah. And, and serious
2: I found it quite funny how so many popular comics if they were real life you know you get a, a planet or a universe being destroyed that would be serious but that's not quite the serious things that I've got in my little pile beside me that's fantastical yeah I'm not gonna name any super villains so better fucking not <laughs> 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 who wasn't star Sp- big Rolling. um I, I i'll go first uh, hey, um, hey. Good. Uh, well the thing is i've got some which i a couple which i've done before and i've got a couple which i haven't done uh before so some of the titles you'll recognize first one persapolis. yes mm-hmm. and uh, have, have all of you read persapolis yeah yeah yes okay so you all know that it took place during the uh, the revolution in the late 1970s in Iran to the Shah's son, who was let's face it, a rather brutal and nasty individual. But it takes it takes part mostly during the uh, 1979 till um, uh, the mid 80s, or at least the first first part does, because this is in two two chapters. It was and it was originally two books yeah my, my one though my one's the uh, collective uh, the big collective yeah. one so i often i often think of it as being one book when uh, i do know it's a uh, it's two of them but it's uh of course it's based on real life as well and uh, um i have to I have to apologize because a lot of these titles when i say the names i will mispronounce them so um yeah.
3: marjani satrapi
2: thank you very much <laughs> the funny, the the funny to thing to is, people people always mistake my name and mispronounce
1: my name, and my name's Iranian. <laughs> uh, you get right. you get Sadaka all the time.
2: Yeah, it's actually it's actually Sadakat. Yeah. The letter the letter that's at the end of my name does not have an English equivalent, so so it got it got sort of Angloised to Neil Sadaka's name. <laughs> Um, but of course, this is a this is actually a real, real story, and it's uh, it's quite quite heavy at times. And, and the time that I I kind of thought was uh, amazingly done, was when she met her uncle Anush, who fled to the Soviet Union, and he became a, a doctor of uh, Marxist and Lenin. Um, Philosophy and teachings, and when he, he returned to Iran, he was he was caught and he was uh, sadly executed. And there's a, a moment in this book where she she meets him for the last time, and it was a really uh, really powerful scene, both in the in the book and in the film, because this is uh, it shows you the injustices that happen uh, uh, during any revolution, and then she she struggles uh, a little bit with uh, life afterwards growing up in in uh, in an Iran that's completely different from the one that she she experienced beforehand and then um the, the second part um portrays her life in in Europe in a couple of countries in Europe and how she's she's adapting then but she makes a return back to Iran and i think this is one of the one of the best graphic novels out there. And if you if you're unfamiliar with um uh things like Iranian history, recent history and politics, I would say this is actually quite a good way to to get a a, a grasp on it. And you know, you, you, it's also got the uh the horrendous eight year war with uh with Iraq and some of the atrocities that happened um during that time. So if you want to read a heavy comic this is this is one of the ones i would definitely recommend um next one on my list is another one i've done previously it's suffragette
1: yes
2: and this one was set in the uk now uh, the main character was um even though the main character is uh, is fictional Everything that happened to her happened to people in real life. It happened to suffragettes in in real life. So there's some horrendous scenes where she's being force-fed when she's uh, gone on a hunger strike and she's been strapped down, restrained, and have a pipe put down her throat so they can force-feed her. And it's got scenes in here where uh, you've got the brutal injustice. One of the pages I've just opened up is when uh, a man, one of her work colleagues, tries to make advances to her she defends herself and uh, her boss jumps to the man's um, defense and she ends up getting punished brutally for it it's um, again if you're not familiar with the history of the suffragettes this would be a brilliant book to read and at the very end it's got um, it's got a list of actual historical events that happened and the reasoning why they would happen and a little explanation as to uh, the background as well. And I, I find this one brilliant. This is, um, this is Mary and Brian Talbot and Kate Charlesworth. And it's definitely worth collecting, definitely. And the artwork is is also great. Uh, Persopolis was uh, black and white, whereas this one... It's, uh, it's color, but most of the colors, um, most of them are sort of a grayish and brownish color. Uh, but the main character is distinctive in that she has prominent orange hair. Hmm. So next one. Next one on my list. Another one which I've done before is Illegal. And we, we've seen on the news uh, recently. Well, we've seen in the news for the past few years there have been um, migrants trying to get into Europe, and they're often fleeing war zones or places where the uh, prospects of the future are really terrible. So illegal documents, the uh, or it shows the um, journey of uh, people fleeing. Um, I believe it's uh, I believe it's Mali there fleeing from it's a uh, it's a good thing tom edits this because there might be a couple of moments of silence that <laughs> i remind myself
1: it's, uh, it's for dramatic pause that's all you have to say <laughs>
2: he is uh, he is fleeing niger so the the dramatic pauses are building up the things because this is a this is another <clears throat> heavy comic where it's brilliant artwork bright colors But when you see what happens in here, you see there's tragedies, there's ships being overturned, there's people being taken advantage of, there's uh, people losing their way in the Sahara desert. And just like Persepolis and Suffragette, this is things which is happening now. So it's, uh, and at the very end, there's some uh, uh, background pictures. There's also a wee bit of information and uh, I think I I think I did this during our one of our European comics Yeah. Yeah,
1: Andrew Donkin and uh, someone will have to. Jan Colfer. Great. It's uh, it's an Irish name, isn't it? If I remember. Yeah. Right. He's uh, he's the author behind the Artemis Fowl books. Hmm. And we've also got the Italian artist Giovanni.
2: Vigano. You guys are brilliant. If I if I uh, find something difficult to pronounce, I'll just put the the page up to the, <laughs> the
1: screen. Mike, Mike, don't worry. I've, I've I've been working on it. I felt so horrendous after that time that we were <laughs> uh, going through all the names on the Eisners like mm-hmm. ages oh, ago. You yeah, it was like 2016. I felt terrible, the amount of pronunciation. Oh. So I've been going out of my way now to try and learn pronunciations.
2: I <laughs> suppose YouTube would be a good one if you listen to interviews with yes. them and you see uh, which which pronunciations people take offence to. <laughs> yeah, that ones to avoid. Yeah. Well, uh, the next book is actually a two for the price of one because this book is one of the three that I chose to read by the end of the year or in a year's time. Oh, ho. So this is this is King. This is a Martin Luther King book. It's not so much a biography. It's more um at a certain point in his life onwards to the to the end of it. And it was really good reading this one. I'm happy I, I read it. And I will talk a wee bit about it when, you know, in a, a year's time when we have our three comics but this is me a third of the way on that aim and uh most of the most of the characters in here are also based on real life most of the events happened in real life uh one thing one unusual thing that wasn't was there's a there's a character let's see i think she's uh uh, mrs Uh, mrs stonewood i think because you see, in uh, during the research uh, for this, they found that there were there were a lot of uh, women helping uh, with the the cause, but not many of them had names. There was not any names to a lot of them. So what they did is they created a new character, Caroline Longstreet. That's the one. She represented the women that helped Martin Luther King during the uh, campaign. So she was a completely fictional character, but she's based on a lot of women who did exactly what she did. And um, the book has various styles of artwork, depending on which part of his life we're talking about. And it's uh, you'll get some which have sort of bright, Colors like this page. Most of the story, though, is actually in black and white. Um, I've got to admit, though, I wasn't 100% a hundred percent a fan of a lot of the artwork. Um, it wasn't it wasn't as detailed as I as
1: I kind of prefer. If but- I remember rightly, um, um, Dave will back us up on this. Um, was it not that that book was split into like three or four bits or something like that and there was so many years between each bit and the last yes. bit in particular So Yeah, there
2: was a bit of bit of an explanation about the length of time.
1: Yeah, so it meant that the last bit was so different to the rest of the book um, mm-hmm. artwork wise because he developed so much Ho Chi Anderson, he, wasn't uh, it?
2: it was,
1: yeah, that's right
2: yeah. Um yeah, well, the, the, there's quite a bit of interpretation at the very end as well, but a lot of it's more in the development of the of the artwork and the story. But he did lots of uh, research into into this book. It, it does kind of focus sometimes on um, some of uh, uh, Doctor King's uh, interactions, uh, romantic wise, in here, because of course uh, Martin Luther King liked. Uh, like uh, playing around a little bit, but the main essence is uh, the struggle, the struggle that he did. So I'm I'm happy. I've done one third of my uh, <clears throat> one third of my books. Well, I thought I thought maybe uh, I'll give a quick mention to the uh, I've done this before as well. Uh, this is the uh, sort of semi-graphic novel um called malcolm x for beginners i have tracked down the malcolm x graphic novel so i'm going to order that from amazon fairly soon hopefully maybe review that at a later date but this is one of the uh, beginner series books so you see it's it is pretty much graphic in the pictures but uh, it's no speech bubbles or not not many so it's not your traditional um traditional uh, graphic novel but um, the next one I have, which is the last one, and I thought this is this is one of my um, uh, Dunfermline captures, and it might not seem as heavy as the other ones, but I think in under the circumstances that it is heavy. Apollo. Aye. And uh, the reason I say it's heavy is uh, not just the dangers the astronauts were putting themselves in, but because this was during the height of the Cold War. And pretty much all uh, all stakes were loose during the Cold War. So, And uh, some of us will fondly remember those uh, educational videos at school where they told us that we only had four minutes to, to get to any shelter. And then they'd say, but actually, we don't have a shelter. So tough. <laughs> um, Yes, uh, uh this is another one with brilliant artwork I think. And uh we bit of a story here. Uh when I when I when we were at the um Comic-Con there was a Mike Collins there. And I was like, "Wow, Michael Collins is at the Comic-Con." Ah, no. It's uh I have this signed and it's signed by the other Mike Collins. <laughs> <laughs> who is uh,
1: one of the writers of this book. He's also um, he's a storyboard artist as well mm. for uh, like loads of different TV shows like Doctor Who and stuff like
2: that. Oh, yeah, because uh, it's got about the creators and it's got all sorts yeah. of stuff about them. So it's Matt Finch and Chris Baker and Mike Collins, and you've also got Ian Sherman, Chris Carter and Jason Cardi. So a lot of folk got into this uh, book. But um, one of the things I really liked about it is it doesn't just uh, focus on Neil Armstrong. It's also got um, <clears throat> a little bit of background into Buzz Aldrin's, but when Buzz Aldrin's past, um, his relationship with his with his dad. Uh, but the, th- the, the bit that I think is the ultimate highlight, and I don't really want to spoil it for too many people if you've not read it, is there's a lot on Mike, Michael Collins, and there's an absolutely hilarious moment where Michael Collins he's on his own in the middle of the in the middle of space, in the middle of, out in, by the moon, and he hallucinates and meets the spirit of America, <laughs> and the man on the moon. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. There you got the spirit of America is like a like a hippie, hmm. and, and I wonder what would Michael Collins make if he read this. Yeah. It's it's not too heavy in the fact that I'm laughing about it. So, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, if if you were alone on that spaceship, you probably would feel it's uh, how dare you make fun of my my predicament. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I thoroughly recommend getting Apollo and giving it a good
0: read. Nice. Dave, would you like to go next? Yeah, okay. If you I'm okay going next if you Yeah? Yeah, okay. Smash on. Okay, my first one is called Lulu and Mitzi. Ooh. Best <laughs> Best Laid Plans by S. Eddie Bell. S. Eddie not, Bell. Not, yeah, S. Eddie Bell. All right. And uh, it's not altogether heavy, but there's there was one heavy sequence in it that came to my mind right away. So this is this is the story of these sex workers in San Francisco, and it's about their life and. As I say, I mean, because we're talking heavy comics, you might think it's heavy. It's not really, mostly, and it's it's funny. It just follows their life, and it's quite. The art style's got some in a Peter Bag about it. That's what film. I was going to say. Uh, and it's well written, good humour, good characters. Uh, there's there's a there's a big ass. <laughs> So it's full of stuff like that, and then the characters are all drawn in this this fashion, and you get to know them. And the bit that came to mind right away was um towards the end, there's you know that one of the characters runs into a bit of trouble, and it's kind of being held in this room by these these ne'er-do wells, and in this panel as you're reading the style of the character changes. Ooh. And I remember reading it and it kind of reminded you, these are like, this could be a real car- person we're dealing with here, you know. So in the middle of this, that tone was very effective. So that was quite heavy. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. But, but, but then the next page, our pal bursts in. See that? <laughs> uh boom. You know, so it's only that one page, really. That it's it's just a wee reminder that you're enjoying this and it's fun. There was another, there was another page. It's kind of it's kind of dealing with like uh, this this ba- this character here. We see that he's he's drugged her. He says, "Do you want a drink?" And he's drugged her, and they go up to the room, and then the door kind of gets messy that the drawing style gets messy and then just coming out and you don't see what happened in the room, but it's, it's left to your imagination that this guy has been a, a druggy rapist character, you know? So it's, uh, in the, in the whole book, it is, it does it with a light touch, but it's just got these wee reminders. So that's, that's worth a read if you can get your hands on that one. Yeah, When was that? Here's the bit where I scare myself again. <laughs> Alright, this one's from Slave Labour, Labour Graphics, 2008. First print in 2008. I can't remember how I got that. I think I just like the look of it with a Peter Bagg-esque style art. So all looks good. Okay, um, my next one is kind of a kind of a superhero thing. 8-Ball, Dan Klaus, the Death Ray. That's, that's the Death Ray, yeah. Yeah. So this is 8-Ball um, number twenty-three, and the reason I say it's heavy, I do You guys have probably read this. Uh, the collector that has a book, a book called the Death Ray, didn't they?
1: Yeah, a big hard hardbound thing with fabric. Uh, spine, yeah, they did.
0: So this this issue of it, what I thought was this was another one that it wasn't really altogether heavy. It was you were kind of reading it thinking, "Here's Dan Clouse doing a superhero, you know, <laughs> you know, it's kind of <laughs> he's got a good take on it, and uh, it's the usual thing, Peter Parker style, the the boys at school, he gets picked on, that kind of thing." And then he finds the Death Ray, which is this gun. You know, this silly gun that he can he can shoot. He shoots people and they disappear. So like he gets he gets some he gets some uh, criminal person shoots them and see it's got it's got dramatic spider. He decides to start dressing like this and calls himself the Death Ray.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, but there's just a bit where somebody annoys him. And he, and he puts the gun on them, and they disappear, you know, and you think, oh, he's, he's kind of going, should he have done that, you know? And then he's palinoids him, and he shoots him. And you think, oh, this isn't a superhero thing. This is uh, no. it's like a mass murderer. <laughs> this is like the fictional story of a mass murderer. Uh, so that was kind of the heavy the heavy twist in it as you were reading. It suddenly got a lot heavier than I thought it was going to But it's still a fun read, and it's still... Um, you know, if you if you like Dan close style, you can't you can't get better than that. All these different no, panels, great colors.
1: Death Ray is incredible. Yeah. So he gets uh, these. He get, is it he gets these powers from smoking. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's well worth the read if you've. Uh, yeah, he
1: gets like he gets like super strength. Uh, if he has a pack of flags <laughs> yeah see that see
0: that look at that quote there it's justice asshole Oof. stupid nose we fucked up his car <laughs> <laughs> anyway there you go the death three eight ball Dan Clouse that's a better
1: that's a better cover on that cover of eight ball than it is on the death three I think what,
0: what, I can't remember what's on the death three
1: the death the death Ray is just that, but it's got like a picture of like cityscape in the background. You only get like half of the half of the picture as well, so it's cut off at about the waist. Oh, that's brilliant! Yeah. Oh, I'm so this, jealous. This,
0: this is packaged more like a, a superhero comic. Yeah. And and the the sticker on it is not a sticker that's on it. That's part of the. Comic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. So, <laughs> this is good. The nice touch. When was that one? Two thousand and four. Oh, even my modern comics are twenty years old. <laughs> <Now it is. laughs> okay, this is this is uh, an obvious one, I would imagine. Mouse. <clears throat> oh yeah. That's a bit as heavy as it gets. God, I didn't even think about that. You're right. Mm. Mouse. One and two. Ah, there we go. Ah uh-huh. ha complete mouse and, it's uh, this one I know of but I have
2: never read it believe it or not oh, I to
0: it at some point yeah <laughs> so I used to work with somebody in the library and she says oh, I don't know about reading that you know and I said you know despite being heralded as the best graphic novel I've ever done and all that it is actually great so you know ignore all that mm-hmm. and just read it because it's good uh,
2: I feel like such a bastard for owning up to that.
3: No, 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 Mike. Just an ignorant bastard.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's,
2: that's, that's the nicest compliment I've had since lockdown. Look at that,
0: gone the first volume has the, the events all conspiring acting against the, the family and the, the country and leads up to actually them entering the concentration camp and that's the end of book 1 and, uh, and then the second one, for Into the camp now. And Here My Troubles Began. Uh, um, did, did you read, Nando, you've got the complete one there. Did you read book yeah. one and then book two came out? Or did you get, did you read them all at once in the one book? Can you remember? I read both once in one book, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's good, yeah. I I read I read the first one I think shortly before I got to and I do remember the feeling of that finishing and going, Oh my god, how you know, how was it how was I gonna do it a second one as good as this? You know, there was a bit of trepidation. But you'll know, having read it, that it's good all the way through. I mean it's amazing all the way through. Yeah. What I like is also,
3: it's not just about the Holocaust, but it's also about his relation, uh, well, Art Art Spiegelman relation with his dad. That's right. uh, And there are moments where they are very serious and, and, and very, at the same time, understandable because, you know, we all have, you know, Family members, parents, you know, etc. There, there's, there are moments that you go, my God, it's he, he, a nightmare to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And there's, and, and you suffer for, for all the family members, for everyone, and yeah. And, and so there's, I find it very, it's, it's I don't know how to explain it. It's just excellent. It's just a a wonderful book. It's really good, and, and yeah, it's very heavy. And at the same time, there's a lot of moments. How can yeah. you speak about the Holocaust? And 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 at the same time, you know, it's actually entertaining in a way. It's, it's yeah. very, I don't know, it's, it's respectful, but at the same time, you know, it's entertaining and and, and you laugh in certain moments. So, yeah, it's, it's,
0: well, it's just a masterpiece. It is. This page always sticks with me, either. The man that had been successful before he was in there and now he didn't and now he's not able to hold on to his trousers and his uh, his shoe. If he holds on to the bowl for the food, his shoes fall down or his trousers fall down, you know. And he's and he's broken down crying about this and you see what he's reduced to in this situation, yeah. you know. <clears throat> also the second one is good Because the first one's been out now, so there's some stuff in here about Art Spiegelman dealing with the success of the first book, and he's got some guilt about that as well. Yeah. Um, So, anyway, great read. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. It's heavy. Definitely. Okay, my next one is Charlie's War. Ooh. Oh, oh, yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And we've got and we've got uh, Pat Mills, Joe Calhoun. And uh, these are terrific. From from Battle. Battle Weekly. Great artwork, really well researched. Um, towards the beginning of it it starts with a it's got Charlie's war and he's writing the letters home to his parents and that's and the S is backwards in the title. That's Charlie's bad writing because he's just an underage kid that's uh, joined up because he wants to join the war effort. And he's lied about his age. So this is, I've got these 10 hardback collections, but you get it nowadays, I think, maybe it's two. You get a a soft cover edition now. It might even be all colored and things now. I think the, the latest
3: edition was colored, I believe.
0: Yeah, yeah, and 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 uh, soft bark edition. Okay, here here we go. Heavy, you want heavy, right? It's almost an insult, you can call it heavy. Alright, here we go. Rosalie Lightning. Ooh. Rosalie Lightning, here we go. Tom Hart. And this is Tom Hart's a great cartoonist. Got some of his other stuff. Hutchell and collected and Tom Hart. And this book was about his daughter. His daughter died really young and uh, he des- he decided to do this comic about her. And uh, Rosalie Lightning was the name. <clears throat> and it just goes through all his feelings about it his- and his memories of his daughter and how he's coping with it. Day to day, he's going day to day trying to just makes sense of his life. And there's all manner of things about, I always remember him saying his happy memories, but his saddest memories as well, because she wasn't there anymore. And he's got things like, three weeks ago, wasn't I a father? He's just trying to make sense of it, you know? <clears throat> and um, what? What? I can't really give it justice just talking about it. No, well, you are. He's, he's really, you know, he's a, he is a great cartoonist. So on top of this really emotional story, the guy knows what he's doing. You know, great images to get feelings. And then he's got, he's got like pictures of her playing. And then it comes back to them now remembering this, you know, thinking about it. And I, I remember that he's talking, he, he's related it to like old Marvel comics and stuff. He's in the huh. vault of horror you know he's he's stuck in the vault of horror and he and he talks about how he he's trying to read things to help him through uh, but the stuff that's relating to him is silly old horror comics because that feels like the, the horror he's in you know and he's saying I can't get out but like that I can't get out he feels like that. Does
1: it go into specifics about how she died?
0: 2015. I think it just says he, uh, well, the scene that sticks in the mind is, you know, it's so personal, it feels bad even talking about it because it's somebody else's, but he he talks about he's lying in bed and he just hears his wife shout, screaming, you know, you know, she's she's not breathing kind of thing. Oh. and, and uh, I can't know I don't know if he later goes or oh, here's what the thing happened or whatever you know um, so there you go as I as I said the problem the heavy comics is not heavy <clears throat> yeah totally. so, so uh, <clears throat> but really <clears throat> it's a great piece of art it's unique you know And uh, I would recommend reading it to anybody. I remember getting it and thinking, like... Because he put some of it online as he was doing it. Uh, And then when he finished it and and it was coming out, I thought, I need to read that. No. But I I remember I did have it, and I had to gear myself up, like, let's read this now. Yeah. Um, Because it's so honest and... But, yeah, great. It It is a great book. Okay, so there we are. Those are the lightning. Hmm. Right, I've got one more thing to end on.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's metal.
1: Yeah, metal. it's heavy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is that? It's metal, but I've yeah. got a few.
2: Flick through the pages.
0: Yeah, I will. Yes. This one is... Um, August 1977. And this has got loads of great stuff in it. It's got Den in it. Corbin. Oh,
1: nice. And
0: eyes. It's got the long tomorrow. You know, uh, Dan O'Bannon and Mobius. Oh, nice. That's in here. Part two, long tomorrow. You remember that one? It was very influential on Blade Runner and things like that. Yeah, and uh, here's some of the Richard Corbin, den oh, Yes, beautiful. but these yes, things you get you get like six pages or so. <laughs> like There's Tardy, Jacques Tardy, Jacques Tardy. Yes, so that's great stuff. That's 1977. This one is 1991. Cooper, Rick Geary, Daniel Torres. Let's see some of this.
3: Daniel Torres, he he's Spanish.
0: Yeah. yeah. I remember you talking about him before?
3: Yeah, he has a very particular style. Um, Roco Vargas is his main collection,
0: his main series. Last, I got this one because it had Jack Kirby in it. Nice. It's these drawings that he did. You remember the um... for the Argo thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... What was that called again? A fake movie. Um... I think it was the Argo, wasn't it? No, 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 no. Uh, it's called like Lord of Light. Oh, Talk to me. oh the Lord film of Light. The That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, uh, did some... Did Kirby draw that cover?
0: Yes. Yeah. But mm. so they've coloured all this in. so It's these big drones he's done. But with the um, cityscapes of this mad fantasy world. So I had to get this. Look oh, oh, at yeah. that. Oh. That's me. That's heavy, heavy in name only.
1: Heavy in name only.
0: <laughs> all right, that's me done let see if I've
2: got cool. any more Kirby. Yeah, I've, I've got a dozen heavy hitter comics upstairs. I maybe should have brought them down. Ah, uh, look at that. <laughs> great stuff. Beautiful.
0: You can frame that.
3: You could yeah. frame that. You could just, you know, have that picture and frame it. It
1: will just be great. Right. You mind if I go, Nando? No, oh, you go. You go. Uh, thank you. Thank you. The floor is mine. Um, <laughs> thank you, Dave. Uh, thank you for that, Dave. Well, well done. Thank you, Mr. Robertson. People of the jury. Um, <laughs> the judge. <laughs> the judge. I have my closing statement. I. Uh, Guilty! I had a couple. <laughs> Damn it! Um, I had uh, a couple that I wanted to mention that I've started reading but i haven't got enough in that i could have really brought them along but they kind of contribute i would say as heavy comics um barefoot again mm. by uh yeah by i i want to say it's kaiji nakasawa am i right can't remember <laughs> sounds about right can't, uh barefoot i'm not far enough in to give a a detailed description or anything i just i just started reading only a couple of days ago or something um i got it with a humble bundle a while back volume one um but it's one that i think we'd spoken about before previously another meeting or something at some point um if not here it was like our broth or something we maybe spoke about it at one point um but yeah interesting uh but fuck that's that's heavy to say the least that's that's actually quite that's quite dense to get into as well to be honest um there's a lot in that you know uh, Essex County by jeff lemire um seems to be from what I've read so far a lot of like heartache and uh, a story of like a lot of failure and past that can't be left behind and a lot of stories that have been sort of dredged up through this small town and this then in, in this essex county um but jeff lemire's or lemire or lemire whatever you want to say it his uh his style very much lends to that and it's a uh, it's actually quite comparable to one of my books that i've got picked um but it's it, it gives off a sort of off settled uh, almost heavy aesthetic whilst you're reading it because it's all black and white and it's kind of rough and ready and yeah it's a it's a nice little piece and uh, i know it's not so much heavy but it's quite a quite a thick read and quite intense to to get through um hip hop family tree ed piscor um i know it's so much i know it's not so much of a heavy top heavy topic but he gets so much into the sort of minuscule details of the history of hip hop that it's it's uh it's quite a it's quite a dense and heavy read overall you know it's it's not something to be taken lightly um it's definitely it's definitely something that warrants your full attention um you couldn't just sort of skim it over it is beautiful art and it's it's done very colorful like very very colorfully that you could go through it and and work through it and not think it's so heavy but it really is when you get down to it you know if you really pay attention to it. It's quite a quite a dense read overall. Um, out yeah, they out were of my...
2: interest, Tom, out of interest, <laughs> what year does it go up to?
1: Oh, poo, I don't know. I've only read I've only read uh, some of Volume 1 so far. I think, okay. there's, I think there's like seven or eight volumes or something like that overall. I couldn't tell you how far it goes into. I'll know, I'll, I'll let you know once I get there. <laughs> 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 um... Also, uh, one that I've not got, but I have read a couple of times, um, and it's quite, quite intense, is um, Lighter Than My Shadow by Katie Green. Um, I wanted to read the blurb out on this, because uh, it's quite a, a heavy topic. Um, like most kids, Katie was a picky eater. She'd sit at the table in silent protest, hide uneaten toast in her bedroom, listen to parental threats that she'd have to eat it for breakfast but in any life a set of circumstance can collide and normal behavior might soon shade into something sinister something deadly lighter than my shadow is a hand drawn story of the struggle and recovery a trip into the black heart of a taboo illness an exposure of those who are so weak as to prey on the vulnerable and an inspiration to anybody who believes in the human power to endure towards happiness so basically it's Somebody who ends up having to battle against anorexia and bulimia and all the trials and tribulations that come along with her struggle and what she has to go through, like her therapy and everything, and uh, trying to confront it with her family, maybe in a time that it wasn't really acknowledged as much and all the stuff she has to go through with her doctors and everything as well. And do you know what? It could have actually been brought as uh, on a weight scale as a heavy comic as well because it is it is huge, like it is massive it's a big, massive, thick read but Katie's uh, approach to each page and um, the kind of the way that she lays out the pages a lot of it's laid out with these really thick, black scribbles that go all around her that show like her own personal world closing in and stuff when she's getting really anxious and every bit of she feels like she's being cornered and there's like blackout moments that come from that and bits is in hospital and bits is on the brink of death and all this kind of stuff it's it's really intense but it's actually it's quite a harrowing and inspiring read overall you get through it and okay three quarters of it is really quite um it's quite hard you know it's, it's really hard to to read through and if if you've ever known anybody who's, who's struggled with an eating disorder in any way, she form, It's quite hard to read it, and and she really gets into it so in depth that you really feel every emotional beat of how that would have felt for someone with a, an eating disorder. It's it's really well told, but it's just poor. It's it it really comes out the other side, you know. And to see that she's got this this kind of beautiful story to tell at the end of it, whether it be dark it is still a beautiful story at the end of it it's 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 a uh, it's a heavy piece but it's great it's really really great i would definitely recommend um reading it 100 percent. i think i i've got it out a couple of times from the library so when the library's back open you should uh, give it a shout definitely so it's lighter than my shadow katie green um oh yeah one that i wanted to mention that i've still not i've still not read was march by congressman john lewis nate powell and reading, um, I still haven't read that though, I'm still only what a couple of pages into it or something like that that's, I, that's one of them Dave that you're saying you know the problem with heavy comics is that they're heavy and uh, yeah that's you know that's one of those that even at the, the face of it it's like poor jeez like I know this is going to be hard getting into it you know I think that's as you were speaking about mouse I think that's what it was with mouse as, as well I read all the mouse and didn't enjoy it but I think it wants a, a revisit because I think I maybe just found it a little too heavy at the time when I was reading it. I've maybe just ended up being put off by such an intense subject. Do you know what I mean? Be, huh? Yeah. Uh, right. That was just some of them. I've got a wee, a wee pile here. Only a wee pile. I'll, I'll I'll fire through them as quick as I can. Um. So a new one that I got through the door from Good Comics and uh, Claire Spiller of uh, Wine and Zine group um, fame uh, is Raze, which is basically all about the spirits that come from roadkill and how we have such a intense problem in this world slash particularly this country with the forgotten animals that are left at the side of the road and are knocked down through the night and how we're having such an adverse effect on the planet and what this means but it all comes from a story of the original spirits of the like as she says the original spirits of the world that man conquered coming back through these left and forgotten animals and taking charge and attacking back so it's basically showing nature coming back because of the harm which we have inflicted on the planet Um, but it's done in these absolutely beautiful visuals big spirits across roads with big antlers and uh, there is some really heartbreaking scenes of like fox cubs looking at their mum at the side of the road, and it's like these spirits are meant to be there to sort of guide them and see them into the other side um, after being so heartlessly taken down. But it's, it, there is, I won't, I won't really go into it because I think I feel like you folks would really enjoy it. To be fair, but there is a kind of a progression throughout it. I would like to, do you know what? I would really like to see her do. An accompanying piece with this because I feel like there could be another part to it, but if not, um, it does actually end on quite a, a pungent um, placeholder for the end. But there is lovely little sketches and stuff in the back of how she came up with the spirit and whatnot. It's really good, it's a really good piece. I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I mean, you you folks know that I've Got my points on what we're doing to this fucking planet in the first place, but that was, you know, that's a, it's a, it's a heavy piece approached in a, in a very, um, explained, very easily explained way, um, by way of like old spirits and and ghosts and whatnot, you know, and and kind of tackling and not just just by saying, you know, we're gonna, the nature's gonna come back eventually, like it's actually given a narrative behind it as well and making you think about it a wee bit more. So.
2: It's very similar to Japanese kami, yeah. except kami's were often spirits of inanimate objects as well.
1: You know what? Yeah, you're you're right, um, Mike. That's something that I've uh, that's something that I've stumbled across um, before. I don't know how, but I've stumbled across that before. You're right in that respect. Um, and, you know, and she's kind of depict at the very start. She's kind of depicted a lot of uh, the. They're not spirits of animals at this point. They're just like gods, almost. But they're like these strange things that don't really look like mm. animals in a way. They've got strange sort of shaped bone heads and stuff. It's it's interesting. Anyway, right. I'm spending too long rattling on. <laughs> um, Anxiety, me, by Nicole Bates. Now, Nicole's on with me on the uh, on the Comic Art Festival podcast. She's uh, one of the the main co hosts, co hosts with her partner Ian, and uh, she do, does these beautiful um, watercolor type comics that very much show they're wordless as well they very much show these baseline emotions of how a person feels when going through a certain emotion this one obviously being anxiety but it's from the analogy of her trying to board a boat and stay afloat and her being capsized and how it feels being dragged down to the bottom of the ocean and trying to get your way out of it And it shows um, the, the sort of perspective of you know, she's she's fallen off of the boat here, she's trapped under, but this is somebody coming in to try and pull her out. So basically somebody coming into the room and comforting her and trying to say, you know, come this way You can you can find yourself back aboard the boat again. It's really nice. It's a really, really nice piece. I like how it's depicted in just these kinda blank page watercolor pieces and not not tied to not so, not tied so much to panels and that kind of stuff. But it's a beautiful piece. I I do appreciate the uh, the art of a a very well done wordless comic. And uh, yeah, it 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 very much ends on a note of um, you know you you might find yourself afloat again, but let's not forget that it can crop up again at any time the phone ringing, she knows that there's going to be a worrying call at the end and that's her sort of trying to grab for the boat once again yeah so interesting little piece I do like Nicole's work but she does she's done a couple of different co- uh, comics like that, not so much tied to the panels and whatnot, and kind of free flowing through each of the pages it's really nice um, keeps, a, keeps a heavy, com- uh, heavy topic quite light to be fair Uh, Decomposition by Stephen Ingram Uh, this is actually really short it's just it looks more like a pamphlet than anything else but this floored me he gave this away free at one point with uh, his newsletter and then released them as like these little pamphlet things with uh, one of his kickstarters and it is basically just telling the story of basically this what has been said during a breakup and he he shows it by showing the person the other person that he's that they're breaking up with and these little tag lines across the, across the top i'm sorry she said this isn't working out i think we should take a break it'll give us time to think and then it goes on to bits like, and it was at that point, this was the point we both knew uh, the thing that was us it would soon be dead and then it would decompose and he starts to deconstruct the drawing, so as it goes on she just starts to become basic lines and break down until you're left with him even breaking down the borders of the panels and breaking it right down until there's just four empty bits at the end, it's just unbelievable. It completely killed me he, he has these he, these little one liners in each of the each of the panels, and then he starts to break the panels down as well like that is your world falling apart you You're not gonna see this person anymore, and also that whole story is being untold almost you know I just loved that it. it was called decomposition it's it Just decomposition it just it doesn't even. It, give away what's happening at all it's great anybody else need a drink my throat is killing me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my friend Dahmer derf back derf can't uh, can't really go without mentioning the topic of a uh, a story of a serial killer (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, slightly heavy in a way. Um, I've talked about this one, Agnosium, but, you know, so yeah, my friend Dahmer, uh, we all know Derf Back Derf was at um, school with Jeffrey Dahmer. And it's just basically telling his story of his encounter with Jeffrey Dahmer and uh, what he saw and what he heard and then all his depictions of what happened with Jeffrey Dahmer along that way. Um, I'm not going to go into massive detail about it because I've talked about it ad i talked about it on Tony's podcast as well. We've mentioned it thousands of times. Good old bit of my friend, derf, derf back, Derf. Just get yourself on Amazon, eBay. Get yourself a copy if you've not got it, all right? <laughs> um, one I actually mentioned uh, the other day to you folks uh, was AJ Dungo in Waves. No brown. Yeah. Um, basically, the as I said to you folks, the history of surfing, but also in a way the history of his relationship with his I can't remember if it's his girlfriend or his wife, or ends up being his wife I'll just say girlfriend um, and how she ends up ill and dying, and how he copes with that, and how the whole crux of their relationship and what got him through was a mixture of making the book and um surfing uh, so basically the whole book is is surfing throughout but there's also this tragic and awful story about this this young soul slowly fading away and, and dying and how she has to put up with losing a limb and and she can't she can't surf anymore and they were trying to they were determined to get her back on a surfboard and it's so harrowing it's so heartbreaking and there's just these absolutely beautiful um pages of just sort of massive water landscapes and everything throughout it there's bits with lone surfers on on the waves with just these big blanket bits of sky and uh there's beautiful pages with people kissing in the rain and oh it just it pulls at your heartstrings completely. Um it's it is an extremely heavy book but I think the artwork lends itself in a way that it, it feels like it's kinda of guiding you through it. Very much like the waves. You're very much flowing through it. Um, I know it's a, It seems like a pun and a cliche to say it, being like, "Oh, it's in waves, and you go with the waves, and go with the flow of the story." But it, you really do. It makes it that much easier to read, but it also makes it that much heartbreaking when you know what's coming. Effectively, you 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 kind of you're set up at the get go of you know what's going to happen. Um, I, but I don't know. I think it just be, it must be the way he tells it and the beautiful artwork that goes with it. You just you almost get lulled into this false sense of everything's going to be okay. So when it does eventually happen, you're in tears. It's it's such a such a beautiful book, but like I say, it's also uh, split up with this story of surfing throughout as well, from its very inception right through to sort of current day, Um, and the the person and the people that created the first surfboards and how that's evolved and shaped over time, and that's told in like this almost sepia tone throughout, and uh, the his personal stories. Are told in these blue, greeny, sort of watercolour pages, you know. Um, But beautiful, absolutely beautiful book. In Waves, AJ Dungo from Nobow Press. Amazing. Um, Okay, two more. Blue is the Warmest Colour by Julie Moreau. Uh, Another story of love and loss. Um story of uh, two women that find each other uh, that basically how their relationship evolves over time, it very much opens letting you know that one of them is gone uh, how we get to that point, and what happens along the way how we see that there's many heartbreaks and there's lots of obstacles that come in their way and there's love notes and there's there's people that give them a hard time, there's parents, there's, you know, there's everything that just sort of gets in the way. It basically maps out how it doesn't matter who's in the relationship, if it's two women, if it's two men, if it's a man, if it's a woman or anything, there is always a love story throughout and there is always inevitably a tragedy at some point, whether it be your young, your old anything. There's, there's, you're going to... In the best way I can put it, there is a a band that I love called Death Cab for Cutie, and they actually have a line that said, love is watching someone die, so who's going to watch you die? It sounds really tragic, but it's true. At the end of the day, if you love somebody and you want to be with them for the rest of your life, it's either for the rest of your life or their life. And, uh that's that's the inevitable end for all of us but this shows you that love has no gender bias it has no sexuality bias or anything and it doesn't death unfortunately in love doesn't have any age bias or anything either it will take you down regardless and it will kill you along the way but absolutely beautiful painted interiors that come through and uh, blue is the warmest colour um, it very much, it seems to it very like much seems like it. To... yeah, it, but you know it, like it, it very much like seems, it. it very much uh, blue is the warmest colour seems to refer to the hair colour of one of the one of the women and uh, oh god, I can't remember their names, this is really doom and nothing uh, um. Clementine Clementine and Emma, sorry Yes, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. There is, um, there is other colours when it gets sort of nearer the end. There's bits with like purple shirts and stuff as well. Mm. It just seems to be because it's being told through memory that, like, there's little sunburst moments and stuff as well. But it seems to be because it's being told through memory. Memory, the only thing that's remembered, sort of more predominantly three quarters of the way, is uh, her hair colour, and the rest of it is in this kind of sepia tone but it's uh it's a beautiful piece it did get made into a movie that is quite heartbreaking as well um but the movie's completely different from the book entirely um so they they kind of both have to be taken on their own individual basis to be honest there's there's not really any, i think the only thing that ties the book and the film is the names of the lead characters otherwise it's a completely different story overall um but I was actually I was really blown away by this. Um, I'll just do you know what? I'll quickly read the the back. Clementine is a junior a junior in high school who seems normal enough. She has friends, family, and even a boyfriend, but she can't reciprocate his feelings towards her. So she breaks up with him. When her openly gay best friend takes her to a gay bar, she becomes captivated by Emma, a punkish, confident girl with blue hair an event that leads Clementine to discover new aspects of herself, both passionate and tragic. It's just it's such a great, such a great piece. But like I say, it's another one of them from the off, you know, what's coming, but you, you kind of almost get lulled into a false sense and it doesn't really let up. It is still quite heavy throughout, um, but it's, it's just crushing. It's absolutely so crushing and you let it crush you because it's, Love, damn it! That's what you let love do. <laughs> uh, my last one, and certainly not least, is "Barking" by Lucy <laughs> Sullivan. Uh, I feel like, I feel like I need to um, I feel like I need to read blurbs out on these because I'm not doing them justice, but I'll, I'll try my best. Um, this is basically. Lucy Lucy said this before that this is a, this is a very personal piece, but it very much tells the story of her experiences and others that she's known of being um, committed to mental institutions and depression and how people deal with um, depression in certain times and how people with manic depre- depressive states and coming up through the 90s and the 2000s, um, how it was dealt with by people in authority, by hospitals, police, by parents, anything. And it's all done in this very sort of manic, black and white, very scratchy, very fluid, but very very manic, to be honest, in in its drawing in itself. It's quite a, a hard... Um, it's quite a hard piece to grasp as you're going through it she does a good job of guiding you through it but there is so many speech bubbles and everything all over the place that very much give you that feeling of being completely lost within the text but also being completely lost within yourself It's, it's a very hard piece to talk about in general, because it's something that I feel that a lot of people need to experience. Barkin was done in, on such a personal level and on such an emotional level that it is something that you really need to read and experience for yourself. Uh, it is extremely heavy. It is not one to be taken lightly in any way, shape or form. Um, although there is a wee bit of a resolve near the end, it's not... <laughs> it's not uplifting really it's very very deep very dark very emotional and quite distressing at times as well you really have to set aside a good chunk of time to read um, Barkin but it's just it's a beautiful piece overall I'm absolutely in love with Lucy's style um I love the story it was very hard to read personally um but I just—it's—it's uh, it's something that you, I think everybody, I think everybody really needs to experience this comic overall. Lu, Lucy's um, Lucy Sullivan's barking is just utterly incredible, and I mean, you saw the the first few um, pieces that she was sending me through when she was working on it, didn't we? You know, we've seen we've seen the starts of it. Well, it just gets deeper and darker as it goes on. It's just—it's unbelievable. Um, it definitely definitely one that i would um, grab a hold of like i say we were going on heavy comics and it is quite a a topic to to get into and usually when you're you're explaining something so heavy to somebody it kind of almost puts them off in a way because you go "Ah, no I'm, i'm really not up for something like that i think in a way it's it's if you if you're looking for something like that if you're if you're wanting something to set aside some time and get into something that's got some depth and some emotional gravitas about it, then a lot of the ones that we spoke about so far uh, all of us are are, are the right way to do it You know, everybody's got to have a, a collection of some sort of some heavy emotional comics in there it can't all be lightness and fluff all the time, you need to have something to bring it back down to earth, you need to have something to make you feel something and these really, really make you feel something, 100% there's my little diatribe. Play <laughs> good. There we go, folks. That's mine. My... So just... Thank you, Tom. Thank you. So just you, Nando. I yeah. want to hear some of these comics, mate. Oh, well, I've prepared two piles, actually. Oof. Two and piles? Love... <laughs>
3: yes. Um, because I was going through the shelves and... And I was trying to avoid certain things that although they are heavy because uh, I have some books regarding the graphic novels regarding the Spanish Civil War but they are, the, the, where they are told they are very much like a history book but they're actually based in the work of Paul Preston who's actually an historian and he's the, the, the writer of those books uh-huh. uh, so I decided well you know this is perhaps more history um, and yes, they're dealing with very heavy stuff, because it's all the facts they're dealing with are real. Um, but I kind of set them aside, leave them aside a little bit. Because um, the way they are told, it feels more like a history book. Um, it's not as fluid as a comic. So yeah, I prefer two piles, and I end up with a pile of comics by... Marvel and DC, we actually are superhero comics. Oh. Um, some of them are curiosities, but again, they are dealing with something quite serious, quite important. And the other one's a pile of more independent stuff. So, which one shall I start?
1: Oh, go for the superheroes. Let's go for the superheroes. Yeah, How what do you think, think, guys? Yeah, so superheroes.
3: So, what I'll do is I'll reverse the camera, and in that way, I can show you. I can get that right. Okay, now. So, what I'll do. Right. Okay. So, you probably remember uh, in the 80s, Live 8, you know, the the music concerts. Yeah, -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah.
3: To help, you know. Well, uh, Marvel and DC did uh, a couple of special comics. Uh, for that, and have them here. Let's see One of them is one here, which is Heroes for Hope, and it had the X Men on them. Heroes for Hope. Yeah.
1: Huh.
3: Covered by Angel Adam's. This one here. And Inside Hat Art by uh, many artists and writers working at that time for Marvel and others. And so that's one of the, just show you the list here, can get some names. Stan Lee, Louise Simonson, Stephen King, Bill Manlow, Alan Moore, Anno Senti, Cliff Claremont, Danny O'Neill, Steve Englehart, Jim Shooter, Mike Grail, Archie Goodwin, John Romita Jr., John Buscema, Brent Anderson, John Barr, Terry Rice, Charles Bess, Richard Corbin, Michael Luta, Frank Miller, Brian <laughs> Bolton, John Bolton, Steve Root, uh, well, I mean, and many, many more. I mean, the list is, is, is ginormous. And uh, essentially, you know, the situation with Marvel and DC is pretty much is they are trying to what they can do to stop, you know, hunger. Can they help can they help the world and, and you know and can they stop hunger? Can can they do that? Both comics, Marvel and DC they approach that in the same sort of They're not particularly fantastic comics, but as a curiosity and bearing in mind that they were in the eighties and bearing in mind they were published mainstream by Marvel and DC, I think it's worth it to mention them. Um, that's the DC one here which is called Heroes Against Hunger and we have Superman and Batman and covered by Neil Adams and we have here Lex Luthor which is you know saying they are dying Superman and not all your power can save them Um so yeah and the proceeds uh, as DC here all the proceeds goes to the relief Uh, Hunger in Africa Uh, and this one has people like Jim Starlin Paul Levitt Mike W. Barr Roy Thomas um, De Matisse Mark Wolfman Mm -hmm. Andrew Helfer Len Wayne um, Doug Munch George Perez Dennis Cohen Jan Dursema. Uh, Keith Giffen, Ross Andrew, uh, José Luis García López, Carmine Infantino, uh, Barry Windsor Smith, Dave Gibbons, Jack Kirby. I mean, again, I'll, the list is huge mm. in this one.
2: So I think I think Tom's going to have to do an et al. when he writes down all the authors. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, what I'll do is I'll send the, the I send the list of the comics. Well, the authors you. you probably you need to research them online or no. well, send you the photos because it's just the credits act too I do
1: my um I do my usual just put in brackets, various greats and that'll be it. <laughs> yeah, because
3: it's great. So I thought I thought to mention these two um because again it was a it was an important thing. It's a heavy thing and to be approached by the superhero in the eighties well, I thought was you know something important. There. It's dramatic as well. I don't know how much money they collected. I don't know if, how effective it was, uh, but you know, not in the slightest. Uh, Curiosity I think, is is good to to mention that. Uh, with the superhero themes, this one here is one by DC, uh, and it has the Teen Titans. And all the proceeds from this comic uh, were going to be donated, and they were donated to the fight of drug abuse, um, and that was in collaboration with the Kibler Company. Uh, and this one is is actually, if I'm correct, is written by Mark Wolfman and George, P- and the artist by George Perez. And yeah, it's a story about the drug use. Uh, and the titans are trying to stop uh, and there's a new character introduced instead of Robin here um, and well the, the story is there um, and it's dramatic as it because I don't want to spoil it and but it has these pages with cases of people of victims of junk victims of drugs as they narrate the story as interludes and the titans are meeting them. Um, and how they feel is scared and, you know, like this one here, uh, they are, I think you might be able to appreciate it there.
0: It's,
3: it's, it's dramatic, it's... Uh, and to see the superheroes, you know, it's, it's hard. to have here a page with Speedy, which we know he, he, he had his problems with drugs. We saw that Green Arrow, the classic number. So there's that's another one another we want to mention here. What else? We're talking about Green Arrow and talking about Danny O'Neill. Oh, we need to go into this. I feel uh, it, it was in a way a how and also important too. How how big was this? I think um, because in Green Lantern and Green Arrow. Danny O'Neil presented a series of stories that they're not in far space or dealing with aliens. They're actually in, in, in American society and, and going through different problems from uh, poverty, racism, uh, abuse, drugs, you know, political issues of all kinds. Uh, and it's touching and it's important and it's heavy. Well, it's a superhero comic, but, you know, it's important. and. Uh, And I think, for example, this one here sums up pretty much the spirit of it. And we have this old man, a black man, who is is poor and and, and is living in a deadly building and and they're going to be kicked out and and they're going to become homeless. And he's, he's speaking to Green Lantern and saying, I've been reading about you, how you work with the Blue Skins, and how on a planet, someplace, you help out the orange skins and you done considerable things for the purple skins and only there's skins you never bother with, the black skins. I want to know how come. Answer me, Mr. Green Lantern. Uh, and Green Lantern is obviously totally the place he can. And so that kind of resumes and unfortunately is very up to date. Yeah, the
1: such a global, well done panel as
3: well. Yeah, it is, it's in the 70s and it's still going on and it's, it's just sadly. It's dealing with many things in this collection. This one here is the classic to have a reprinting color. where it's a comic that it shows how speedy well it was for drugs. And that dropped out the comics code in order to be published. And and it shows the 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 problems as you go on in the story. They find out. Let me see. That's so another one is part- in... oh, is that a different?
1: Is that a different collection? Is that a different collected edition?
3: Yeah, this is a reprint. This is a reprint, and it has two ah. two issues in it. Uh, two different issues in it. Uh, so it's this one. Yeah, that's how he finished in the end. He's on drugs and he's been using drugs, and how things are affecting his going in black and white here, so they can see it in the following one. And his reaction, his reaction to the spirit taking drugs. Actually, first of all, he gets angry and he's violent. And uh, what are you doing, you know? And and then there's a fight, and how he feels angry about it, and so yeah, it's it's not just about that. It's also the the feelings, how the people react, friends, family, and even superheroes. So it, it really, I think Danny O'Neill in these comics really humanized them, especially Green Arrow and Green Lantern. I thought he uh, had an incredible social. Um, weight in these ones. Another one of oh, the superheroes. This one is a, a single, it is something more modern. Uh, but this is, was a, a Superman Batman written by, actually, the story was originated by Sam Lowe, um, which it was, unfortunately, I say it was the son of Jeff Lowe. Um, and Jeff Love wanted to publish this comic in order to uh, honor and homage to his son. And it's a very sad, actually. It's a sad touch story. Um, and here we initiated the, the story with Robin, the third one, um, how he is missing his brother. And there's a series of artists they are working on and it's regarding that, that, the loss of someone that you love, in this case, is a son, and how the different heroes are dealing with in that matter and how they, they're looking into it. And many artists collaborating in this comic, uh, people like Arthur Adams, uh, John Cassidy, um, Jeff Jones, Joe Kelly, Jim Lee. Uh, Ed McGuinness, Carl Pacheco, you know, just to give you a list, there's many of them. Um, And in the end, the comic has a little note there, Superman. And the note says, your destiny does not lie in a hospital bed. Far greater achievements are to come. On your destiny, best friends, best doctors, best outlook, no worries. Sam, huh. it's actually written out by Sam Loeb, uh, which is unfortunately Jeff Loeb's son, bastard. Yeah. So it's it's quite painful. No parents should see the children die, and unfortunately Jeff have to deal with that. And the story of that was originated by a uh, by Sam, yeah. So that's quite good. That's a good, quite touching one.
1: So what was, the, what was the name of that one, sorry?
3: That one is is Superman, Batman, number 26. From the superheroes, the last one I want to talk about is when 9-11 happened. Marvel did particular two comics, one of them in a magazine format called Heroes. and uh, This was in honor of the rescue teams, firefighters, first responders, police officers, nurses, doctors, that helped during the 9-11 disaster. And and Marvel collected and managed to get work from many of his artists and writers. And they do from, well, this one here is Sam Keith. um, Just a little homage, a little, little homage, and hope to, to try to help as they can, and also to represent to represent these heroes the best way possible. From Miller, there, you know, says some of them are just illustrations, try to represent what happened 9/11. Some of them is a page with dialogue or a page with some narration, but um, it's really well done, really well done, and. Many of them are it's just a, a picture for example here we have a firefighter we have Captain American in there and um, how our, our girl is holding his hand and, and the firefighters and the police are going oh we need to go there help you know it's, it's here we have the ambulance for responders so yeah there's really nice illustrations from anyone in the comic business very touching so that's one. And the other one I want to mention from Marvel is Amazing Spider-Man number 36. This is from the... It was a black cover. Again, it's an honor and homage to 9-11 and honor to all the victims. And, and essentially, 9-11, how it, it happened in Marvel universe. It's is uh, written by Straczynski. And... Um, the art is by John Romita Jr. And the landmarks and the, the, the ruins and are you know, they've never been so real before. We have a Spider-Man here looking at the utter destruction of the place, how we have the Avengers helping as much as they can. And it's about that. It's the, you know, trying to we have the firefighters here just having a breather sitting down, even... Doctor Doom is crying. Yeah, we can see the tears. You know, even the the bad ones in the Marvel Unison stop about this. So it's a it was a it's a really touching issue as well. It's unique. Uh, normally you don't get it in the trade paperbacks or collections of that because it was just a, that single issue separate from any continuity of the Marvel Universe. But they wanted to do something, um, and I thought it was a, a nice good. How much do um all the responders?
1: Yeah. Okay,
3: so that's all the superhero ones.
1: Okay.
3: Marvel and DC, etc. Well, like I had mouse, as they've mentioned that. So this is the complete version of it. That's two books together, and yeah, this is a must read. Yeah, it's heavy. But well, it's, it's, it's a fantastic graphic novel. It's a fantastic comic, um, and as I say, it's not just regarding the the war, but also the relation of art with his father. That, that's and how difficult was that relationship, um, and you can see that through the book. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a, this is a this is a big one. This is a good one. Um, talking about war, I mentioned that in that comic smell uh, and comic of the day the facts from sarajevo uh, this is very touching again there is a lot of um, biographical on it but uh, there is a lot of of the disasters and 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 all the pain that happened in the the balkan war which was a civil war obviously Yeah. Uh, yeah i mentioned that previously Few times, I'm not gonna stand on it because we know now. I have the first book and I've read it of March. And as you well pointed out, Tom, yeah, it's this is there's a lot you need to read through, you need to work through, yeah. But it's uh, there is a it's very autobiographical as well because it's you know, Congressman. Lewis, Lewis. He's, he's doing it and it, it's mainly it's in that part of his life and he's talking and, and also flashbacks. Um, yeah. So that there, there is a lot to it. I only have the first book and I only read the first one and I'm hoping to eventually get the other as well. But there's nevertheless...
1: Th- there's three in total, isn't there?
3: Yeah, that's right, yeah. There's three in total, yeah. So, but nevertheless, it's um, it's an important one in the fight of equality. Um, Mm. And again, unfortunately, it's very up-to-date because we're humans, we're stupid, and we're still being bigots (laughs) and racist, and we don't seem to learn at all. I'm talking about the same theme, the silence of our friends. Uh, Again, it's by... Nate Powell, which is the same artist, and Mark Lone and Jim De Monacos. Uh, And I mentioned that in Comic of the Day a few weeks back. Uh, And it's talking of a particular conflict and how these two families, a black family and a white family were affected uh, in this conflict uh, in 1968 in Houston, Texas. And it's, again, it's a civil rights, a struggle. And it's well worth a read. And this one is actually, it reads very fluidly. And and although it's something very heavy, it reads fluidly and you connect very quickly with it. Um, And I really like it. I really like that, this book. This one, again, we mentioned before, Close to the Heart by Megan Sinclair and all. Um, this one, when I read it, uh, it was yeah, very emotional uh, uh, and emotive book. Uh, and essentially, Megan Zickler's story is telling about the loss of her dad. Um, it's a heartbreaking story, um, and at the same time, you know, it's trying to remember uh, how the moments when it happened, how it happened when. They were told um, that he passed away, and, and how they were trying to remember him, how he was alive, and it's uh, a homage. How she, how she dealt with the the loss, the pain, etc. So yeah, it's. it's...
1: Who was on uh, Who on art on that, or is it various people?
3: There's various people on There's Gary Wells, uh, Letty Wilson. Elliot Balson, Katrina oh. Lair, Andrew Stacken, I mean, there's many, Montenegro, Catherine Briggs, Chernobyl, oh. then so on. Uh, by Natasha Bustos and Francisco Sanchez. And this is talking about essentially Chernobyl nuclear disaster in 1986. And although the stories that you read here are fictional, they are based in the true facts and inspired by two families and people on the location of Chernobyl. Um, Yeah, this is tough as well. This is a, a hard one, how families, and how all the population was connected from farmers to people working in the area to children. To, I mean, it's just a, a great, great loss. Um, so yeah, this like a, a very good, well research as well. It's out of research and photographs and where they had to go to, to visit the place. Um, and the last I have here, yeah. Is oh. wrinkles, wrinkles by Paco Roca, where in a he approaches uh, essentially Alzheimer and dementia um, and how it's affecting uh, the elderly population in which way and and their families and the family members and in which way they're affected. Um, there is a lot of humor through it. Um and I think Pacoroka does me well to again to put that humor through despite the fact that it's, it's sad and, and you kind of know what's going to happen eventually at the end of the book. Um but it's just it's fantastic it's, it's fantastic if you haven't read it. Um
1: believe it or not, it's one that I've still not read. Um You have to. Yeah, I have to, but every time you bring it around, I always just catch sight of just little bits of it. And it's just the way Paco Roka draws it. I mean, like you say, there is funny bits in it, but it's still interlaced with little bits of just absolute tragedy. Well, you know what I mean?
3: Which here, for example, is one where well, the two protagonists and how one is helping the other, you know, even some food and, and, how he's looking at him, and the face is blank. He doesn't recognize him anymore. He doesn't know who is in front of him. And suddenly, there are, you know, it's coming back. And, you know, oh, such and such. But then, you know, another scene, and he's sitting again, and he's helping him. And, and again, but the friend now is gone. He's blank. He cannot recognize him anymore. And, well, i leave that to the imagination of what happened next. Yeah. Um, and, 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 it says, and yeah, there are white pages intentionally, and there's this after page here at the end to give you a little smile. Um, and if you read the book, you'll understand that. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful book. Uh, it deals with a harrowing topic, and it's not just the alzheimer's and the dementia it's also the in a way sadly how we in especially in in the western world we deal with elderly people we kind of shift them away from society in a way you know and put them in residence and away from us but on the other hand it also shows you how difficult in these situations to deal it's not just for the patients but also for the family family they you know they are not being recognized anymore they, they, they don't know them. they don't they don't understand so yeah it's a it's a great book so if you haven't read wrinkles please do and i want to mention two things more which i read but i don't have them i don't know them and one of them is rachel smith's wire up wrong yeah uh, which is a kind of autobiographical stories and a story but mainly it's about depression um and again a curiosity is is, is mentioning the depression and she depicts the depression like a a big black dog um so that's a quite curious actually yeah, like, uh, what was the title of the other one you said, Tom? Race racer?
1: Oh, barking.
3: Ah, oh, barking. Okay, yeah. sorry. So yeah, uh, again, the the big black dog seems to be a, an image there. Yeah. Um, she,
1: she did a last she, one. She kind of did a fo- she kind of did a follow up to that as well called Stand in Your Power. Um, that was all about how. Well, I mean, the first book was really about how she was tackling depression and a lot of stuff to do with like her boyfriend and stuff in there as well. But stand in your power, her boyfriend and her break up, so it's then her having to struggle through everything oh from God. the first book, but like intensified and without that extra person and what what happens along that way. It's funny. The second book has more of a narrative towards it. Sometimes in in. Uh, Sometimes in um, the first one in Wired Up Wrong, there is places where it just feels like it's just a couple of strips kind of strung together. But stand in your power, yeah, definitely.
3: Yeah. De- it's kind of little. Yes, yeah. it's a little strips, so little the stories, and together it kind of make a big theme. Yeah, and there's there a is... sections she you. Want to, you know, there's a section she want you where it's since you know it's quite personal, dealing with certain problems and yeah.
1: Yeah, she's but colored the pages think... differently though, hasn't she? So that you can skip them.
3: Yeah, and then uh, she won't show about it as well in the book. So yeah, it's, it's a, I have to mention that because I think it's, it's, a, it's an important one to mention. And right. the last, not the least, is The Tale of One Bad Rat by Brian Talbot, um, which in this one is a story about a victim of child abuse. Um and I don't know if you've read it. It was available in Angus libraries. I read it through Angus libraries, and it's uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a it's a tough one, that one as well. Yeah. And um, and again, by the art, Talbot is very much um, very soft painted, and it contrasts. You know, it, it, it's like he wants to soften the the punch a bit uh, to make it a little bit easier and attractive but yeah it's it's a that's a good one as well and that's it nice if you're still if you're still awoken, and uh, still
2: awake in there
1: oh yeah could you <laughs> i just uh i just turned off my camera in hopes that dave might be able to see something but taking one out of the equation oh, i can I see
0: know. i can yeah. see some stuff Right, nice. Your nice. bloody image.
1: <laughs> Fantastic.
2: Sorry, Dave. <laughs> Have you guys got the Marvel Vault? No. Oh, no. okay. I've got it upstairs, and uh, a lot of the uh, comics, Nando mentioned, the Marvel ones in particular, uh, it's got examples on there of uh, tough subjects like child abuse and. Uh, uh, drug intakes and all sorts of things. Gang violence was another one <coughs> out of like gang violence and they often sort of themed around a, a Marvel character especially Spider-Man so he, yes. he visits someone and uh, they they uh, like he visits a kid and they say something that's uh, really disturbing and Spider-Man helps them uh, get the courage to go to the authorities and tell them what's happening and I remember there was an advert in uh a lot of the uh, Marvel comics during the 90s and it was the Hulk and the Hulk would would, uh, be holding his head as if he's as if he's been beaten and uh, there was a motto it said something like uh, uh, it's not just superheroes that 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 can uh, that can suffer and if you need any help phone this line yeah yeah nice there's there's, there
3: were many examples because Spider-Man there was uh, when uh, his friend uh, Harry Osborne again, he was taking drugs, mm-hmm. and again at that time they uh, decided to publish the comic without uh, the Comics Code, which was a big deal at that moment. Um, so that was that was one of them. There's there's a uh, few with Daredevil and the Punisher as well, where they're dealing either with. I think this one with the uh, Daredevil with Punisher, if I remember correctly, mm. from Miller, and they're doing with child trafficking and and drugs as well. Quite huh.
2: heavy. Um, I think also in the Spider-Man Icon book, it's got examples of, of that. And uh, I think they they, they struggled to get things published beyond the comics code. Been few, there's been few of them published like that,
3: and more recent years. Uh, with the Punisher, with Garth Ennis, there was one of them where um, they were dealing with uh, uh, human trafficking, prostitution, etc. I mean, the list is huge. And, and, yeah, and obviously, the Punisher deals with that. The only way the Punisher knows how to deal with that. <laughs> uh, so, I
2: can imagine.
3: So it's a, it's a it's a it's a tough one as well. So there's been many, but I thought just you know. These ones, I thought they were quite uh, interesting to name because they are from different eras as well.
1: Awesome. Right. Well, guys, I'm going to head off just now, if that's Mm -hmm. alright Yeah, uh... Thank you. Thank
0: you all. I'm thoroughly impressed after all those heavy comics. (laughs) uh, We can (laughs) light comics (laughs) next
1: month. If you want, we can change it up a little bit. All right. I'm going to shoot nights.
0: Thanks, guys. Good night. See you,
1: See, you Take care. See you later. See you To send us any comments or questions or just to say hello, you can reach us by email at thatcomicsmell at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ThatComicSmell. Share the podcast with your friends and followers. We are on Soundcloud, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube and most other places you find podcasts. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Our music is by Chart Smasher and this track is Dial Up. You can find Chart Smasher on Twitter at Joan Edam. And you can buy the tracks on Bandcamp.